Download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown. I probably screwed the name of our show up, but that's okay. I'm Scott Evans. Uh, he's Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? I don't know. <laughs> I'm here. You know, we're recording this on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in the middle of November, and it's 80 degrees outside. Yeah, I think we're in Bizarro Land. I'm ready for opening day. I'm ready for spring training, at least. (laughs) I I did get a uh, survey from the Reds this week. I think they're planning on having... fans in the stands next year i do not like one of the ideas that was on the uh on the uh, survey uh don't do it reds i hope no one uh that's covid uh covid smart i would say or overly concerned about covid uh thought that was a good idea um not to get off the topic but uh, they're talking about having pre-packaged food as your options instead of hot dogs and caramel corn and peanuts why don't you just have you bring your own food? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could do that. But, uh, I mean, there's, instead of, like, having a hot dog stand, you'll go up there to, like, a vending machine. Wheel of death is what I call them. And get yeah, right. get something that's already, like, prepackaged, uh, stale. I, it might not be as bad as I'm making it out to be. But uh, if, if I'm going to pay for overpriced food, I want it at least to be pretend to be fresh. Well, I mean, if, if they're going to do that, then they, you're going to have to fill the machines, like, every game. Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, if, if they're going to have full capacity, I don't think they're going to the first, the, at least to begin the season, but uh, who knows? Not my call, but uh, yeah, just, let me get my freshest big boy and, and go back to my seat and, and eat uh, the 850 uh, big boy. I think it's 1050 now, but uh, uh, the, the big boy meal, let me eat it in peace and uh, it'll be somewhat fresh, somewhat decent and uh Life will be good. It's, it's uh, I, I don't, I don't think uh, prepackaged food is going to make it any, any more or less safe from COVID. Yeah. Let me bring my happy meal, my toy. I'll be fine. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I know I'm from friends. They'll go get their $5 little Caesars, bring it in. And, and uh, it's a great way to save money. And hopefully the reds don't put some type of rule on that. Uh, because that's one of the nice family-friendly things the Reds have. Uh, uh, only a few teams still have that where you can bring your own food in. Oh, you never know. They, they can, they're gonna, I'm sure they're going to have a, a meeting on what to do. Right. So anyway, <laughs> we got a little bit off topic this week. We're going to be talking about uh, one of the most controversial managers in Reds history. No, not Pete Rose, but uh, Dusty Baker. Dusty, Dusty, he's one of the most underrated managers, I think, ever. Absolutely. But before we get started, uh, let's go uh, to a couple items of business first. Uh, be sure to go to redsfanschatter.com slash steak. Uh, today be a great day to be out grilling, and you can get some great meat from the uh, Holy Grail Steak Company uh, and save 25% on tomahawks with the code word that is there. Follow the links and uh, support the show and get some great food as, while you're at it. 
And then also uh, be sure to uh, take a picture or a screenshot of your subscription to us in uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you are listening to us. Uh, We're on Amazon Music now. Uh, Take a screenshot of that. Email it to contest at redsfanschatter.com with the keyword in the subject, Dusty. And you can win, and you'll be in the running for the Marty Brenneman uh, Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame commemorative microphone. We're going to give that away end of the month and uh, call the person that wins. So uh, get your entries in <laughs> now. you got plenty of time uh, to do so. So let's get started. Dusty Baker, one of, uh, one of my favorite uh, managers of the last 20 years for the Reds. Yeah, I mean, he he had a great career here. He didn't get that World Series, but uh, he had a great career here as a manager, one of the most winningest managers of all time in Cincinnati history. Yeah, he, uh, of course, uh, was born Johnny B. Baker Jr., uh, went by Dusty, uh, had a playing career mainly, uh, I think most people remind, remember him with the Braves or the Dodgers. He was batting around uh, Hank Aaron in yeah. the early days. 19 years in the uh, majors, uh Helped the Dodgers uh, to pennants in the 77-78 seasons and to the World Series championship in 81. Of course, they, both the Braves and the uh, Dodgers being American League West teams and in the same division as the uh, Reds. Uh, I I remember barely, I was young, like, oh, not Dusty Baker. Not Dusty Baker. He's he's a Reds killer. (laughs) He was a great player. I mean, he he was a phenomenal player. Uh, Of course, uh, he uh, also managed the Giants, the Cubs, uh, before he came to the Reds, and then after the Reds, the Nationals, and uh, this year, uh, the Houston Astros. Unfortunately, he's got the audacity to go to Houston, but hey, it's a job. <laughs> it's a job, and I, I think he did bring some integrity back to the team. Uh, they had a losing season this year, but did make it to the playoffs, and of course, he was eliminated. But. Uh, <laughs> before he came to the Reds, uh, he also was an ESPN analyst uh, for the 2006 postseason and also in the 2007 season. And uh, after the Reds uh, became a TBS uh, studio analyst, analyst as well, after uh, taking a break from his gardening. Yeah, you got to grow the garden. <laughs> uh, in his personal life, he was a. This is one of the coolest things I think about uh, Dusty Baker. He was a member of the United States Marine Corps Reserve from 1969 through 1975. Um, so, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of respect for Dusty for that. Uh, once a Marine, always a Marine, and uh, I think he brought some of the leadership skills in, into uh, the Reds clubhouse there. I'm sure they were saluting him. Yeah, yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> he was a tough guy. I mean, he, he he's an old school manager. We were talking about this before. He's yeah. an old school manager. He's just like Tony Larusa. I don't think analytics works with with uh, Tony Larusa or Dusty Baker. No, they not do their at all. Old, they do their they do their old school style managing. Yeah, of course. Um, he's uh, married uh, to Melissa. They have two children: uh, Natasha, born in 1979, and Darren, born in 1999. And the, I think everybody remembers the uh, 2002 World Series where JT Snow kind of picked the kid up as he was uh, running into score. Uh, of course, now Darren is uh, drafted and into major league baseball uh, by uh, the Washington nationals. Uh, he played infield for the California golden bears and uh, uh, lives out in California. So 
Uh, good luck to Darren. I remember remember him hanging around the uh, Reds clubhouse a lot. Uh, I I've always I know some people are like, why is this kid there? I always thought it was cool because baseball is one of those sports that's uh, definitely a father son, uh, grandfather father son type of uh, type of sport that you don't necessarily see in other sports. Yeah, I mean, uh, space. That's what makes baseball great. Baseball, I mean, it, it brings families together. I mean, we look at King Griffey Sr., King Griffey Jr., they actually got to play together, which was awesome. I thought that was the greatest time of baseball. Right. And, and Dusty got to have his son as a bat boy, and now he's drafted by the Nationals, and maybe he can make it someday. Who knows? That, that'll be awesome. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, I know he got a lot of flack about the kid being out on the World Series, but, you know, your son gets to be a bat boy, and, uh, you know, he wasn't hurt. Uh, it didn't affect the game any. Uh, it was a little bit overblown, and but I, I, I think I think things like that, and I think this is what Trevor Bauer uh, says a bunch about Rob. It's, those things are great for the game. They're great stories. They bring people people that uh, you know don't really know what a four six three double play is, or um, and, and those type of things that don't really get into that, but uh, can be entertaining and the, and and make you. Uh, kind of get an emotional attachment to the game. And, and Dusty was definitely uh, good at that from a, from a PR standpoint as well uh, with fans. I know some fans absolutely hated his lineups, uh, which, you know, seems crazy now because his lineups are much more stable than what we're seeing with the analytics and, uh, and David Bell. I almost called him David Price again. Ah, if David Price listens to the show, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, he got his career, uh, managerial career started with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, first uh, as coaching, he became a first base coach in 1988, uh, then replaced Roger Craig. Uh, I mean, he, he, that's a throwback name uh, from the, uh, yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, becoming the manager of the Giants in 93, got the manager of the year. Uh, leading the team to a 103 and 59 record, which was the second best record in baseball that year behind the Atlanta Braves, and uh, 31 games better than their 72 and 90 finish the year before. Uh, went on to win the division titles in 97 and again in 2000. It's kind of hard to, rem- uh, you know, back in 93, there was no wild card. Uh, the Braves were in the West, the Giants were in the West. Uh, Dusty wins 103 games, doesn't make the playoffs. And it was the first year he got to manage a guy like Barry Bonds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can count a lot of those wins from, from Barry Bonds being, you know, the offensive explosion he would become. And they had some quality pitching as well. I mean, right. You win 103 games your first year as a manager, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, but you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you win 103 games and not make the playoffs. This year he won 29 games made the playoffs. <laughs> it's That says you the it's a facto type of what world we live in now. Oh, absolutely. Of course, 2002, we talked about that World Series, and uh, this is where Dusty starts to get the – I don't think it's necessarily a fair reputation, but it, it's still a reputation and one he hasn't been able to, to overcome yet that he just can't win the big games. Uh, losing well, the well, 2000. Forget, don't forget he won 840 games with the Giants as manager. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, game six, 2002 World Series, oh, yeah. uh, removed Russ Ortiz. Uh, oh, this almost sounds like this year with uh, yeah. uh, Ortiz only allowed four hits and then. Uh, 
the Angels came back, won that game six to five. Uh, so despite despite him having all that success, uh, not getting past the World Series, uh, Giants let him go that season, and Dusty went on to uh, manage the hated Chicago Cubs. Oh. <laughs> uh the Cubs he again got him to the world or got him to the uh postseason uh but Barman <laughs> <laughs> Yep the Marlins went on to uh win game 7 uh that year and uh and the uh 2003 World Series uh 2004 uh they got in a wild card chase with the Astros but fell out of contention 2005, the Cubs lost a lot of their key players, which I think could happen uh, next year as well. Um, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood uh, went out to injuries, which Dusty, I think, unfairly uh, got the blame for. Uh, well, you can see, you can even see from 2003 that the record, the wins kept going down. Oh, absolutely. 2006, uh, the Cubs were 66 and 96, finished last in the entire National League. And Dusty, his contract was over, uh, but uh, had an interesting ru- uh, run with the Cubs. And ironically, uh, Lou Pinella <laughs> replaced Baker uh, for the Cubs uh, in 2007. So, uh, I have nothing bad to say about Lou Pinella. I love nothing, Lou nothing at all. But uh, when he had the Cubs uniform, boo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, what do you think about the criticism of Dusty, like throwing arms out, especially Mark Pryor and uh, Kerry Wood? I, I I think it's an unfair criticism. Yeah, I mean, you can't help it if somebody gets hurt. And those are your two, two top guys you had at the time. And and at the time, I mean, Mark Pryor was never the same, never really got back to the majors. And Kerry Wood just had – he had Tommy John eventually after that. Uh, that's not, not something you can help. I mean, you could go and replace him with what you have – but if you don't, you don't. There's not much you can do about it. Right. I mean, I mean, the the criticism was Dusty let him in way after 100 pitches. But I, I think what we've seen since more teams have gone to 100 pitch limits for most of the players, and with with a few exceptions, I think we've actually seen the injuries go up. I, I think the Tommy Johns have gone up too because they're leaving the pitchers in a little too long. Because they, they want to stay in. They want to get in well, there, and they want, to, they want to finish as well. Well, I don't think they're actually leaving them in as long as they used to, though. Because, I mean, Pryor would go 130, 140 pitches sometimes. I mean, Nolan Ryan going way back. Uh, I don't even think they counted pitches back then. But uh, there's no way you were going to pull him after 100 pitches uh, just because the computer said that increases his arm risk. And, and uh, the injuries, the pitching injuries seem to go up and up every single year. So I don't think pitch count – uh, is necessarily the end-all, be-all of uh, pitcher injuries. I know uh, Raleigh Fingers at the 2015 All-Star Game was talking about that and saying that he thinks a lot of it has to do with unnecessary weight training. I don't know if uh, pitchers like uh, Trevor Bauer would agree with that, but it is interesting. You went from pitchers pitching every four days to every five, and now pitchers being pulled under 100 pitches, but yet the injuries continue to go up. So I, I, I think pitch count, the Verducci formula, I, I don't think it carries as much merit. And and to be fair, Dusty, as he got uh, other pitchers, uh, I mean, uh, depending on the game situation, of course, but he did he would uh, he would watch pitch counts more. He didn't he didn't overpitch Johnny Cueto. Um, 
So I, well, I, th- I think too, he, you, I think he adjusted. If you, go, if you go back a little bit, if we go back before pitch counts, guys would pitch and pitch and pitch and not have a pitch count. Right. I remember Jim Maloney talking about this one time and, and he was in a, in a radio booth. He said he threw probably 200 pitches when he threw that second no hitter in the sixties. Right. He said if he had to guess, and, and he's probably right. And, and, you know, pitchers throw harder today, so that could be part of it. But it, it yeah. seems like – it seems everyone wants to look at pitch count, but I, I really don't think uh, it's turning out to be as uh, – it might be a variable on arm injuries, especially with younger pitchers. I'm uh, talking about below uh, – 18 kids especially uh, because there's more kids getting Tommy John surgery now. Uh, But uh, as far as major leaguers and fully grown adults that have fully developed, uh, I I think there's probably is a number that you shouldn't go over. Maybe 200 pitches a game is probably something we'll never see again. But uh, 100 pitches I don't think is the magic number. I will say as a fan and watching the games, especially if the Reds are facing uh, a tough pitcher on the other end, I I'm, I'm really look forward to the, when the other pitcher gets close to 90 pitches or so because it does seem that, and it could be just as the third time through the lineup, but it does seem when once the pitcher gets to around 100 pitches, uh, it, whether or not it hurts their arm or not, it does seem that they've become a little bit less effective and, and sometimes the Reds' comebacks uh, will happen then, unless your name is Max Scherzer. Oh, remember when we played? We played the Nationals. He pitched against us. I think he threw 125 pitches. Yeah, but but in the end, I I don't think you can place Mark Pryor's injury or Kerry Woods' injury on him. I I know both pitchers loved uh, Dusty Baker playing for Dusty Baker. That's one of the things that Dusty's known for is being a players' manager. Yeah, those those injuries happen, and and unfortunately. It put them out for a long time. So after uh, this Cub season in 2006 ended, uh, Dusty needed a gig. The Reds, they had gone with uh, the Dave Miley era. I was one of the few people that liked Dave Miley at first, but he he was just not ready to move up from the minor leagues uh, to the major leagues. Uh, he tried the opposite of being a, uh, a um Players manager, and I think it just kind of rubbed the players the wrong way. It didn't give him additional respect. It, it was more like, okay, you're taking away my lazy boy, whatever, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Griffey and Dunn. Uh, so he got replaced. Uh, Pete McCannon came in. I think he's probably one of the most underrated managers. It seems like every place he goes, he does great as interim manager, but when it comes time, to hire the real thing, I don't think, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like he gets a chance. Uh, did the Phillies give him a chance one year? Uh, I believe they did, but I think it was before or after Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was still as kind of an interim role as well. I think he was interim at first, and they gave him the role, and then eventually they fired him. And then Ryan Sandberg probably came in. I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm not a Philly fan, so I really don't know. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Pete, Pete McCannon's a good guy. I met him one time. He's he's pretty nice. Yeah, I think he I think he may have managed uh, one or two years with the Phillies as far as being full time. So he actually did get a chance. Yeah, I got a chance to meet him. Uh, meet him as well. Uh, it was after the. Uh, actually, you know, McCannon did not. Uh, re, now that I remember this right, he didn't uh, replace um, Dave Miley. He replaced Jerry Naren. Jerry Naren replaced Dave Miley. 
It was all blurry in that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always forget about Jerry Nairn. I'm like, yeah, it was it was Dusty, then McCannon, and then and the, or it was uh, Miley, then then Dusty. Uh, Jerry Nairn just kind of uh, disappears in Red's history. I think Jerry Nairn was kind of he kind of came in when there was a transition from GMs. Right. Yeah. It, the, it was kind of weird. It was through the well in 2006 is when Castellini bought the team. Uh, and then they went through a couple of different GMs. I think really, uh, if you look at the hires, it was, I think the first GM that got to hire his manager, uh, was Dick Williams with, uh, David Bell. <laughs> I think everybody through all the transitions with between, uh, uh, Kripsky and, uh, Dan O'Brien and then uh, Walt Jockety. I, I think all the hires happened right before the GMs came in. And, of course, now you have uh, Nick Crawl, who was with the organization, so it's not exactly the same. But, yeah, he, he didn't necessarily pick uh, uh, David Bell or, uh, either as a manager. I'm, I'm sure he had a word in on it because he was actually GM, but it was uh, Dick Williams' overall call at that point. Uh, of course, uh, Dick's now no longer with the organization, and uh, and the Reds are, are in uh, – in uh, Nick Crawl's capable hands. I know a lot of Reds fans were upset they didn't go out and get Theo Epstein, but would you rather them go out and spend money on an on a, uh, administrator, or would you rather them take that money and possibly get Trevor Bauer? Oh, well, I definitely want Trevor Bauer. Yeah, so Nick Crawl is very capable in the job. I think Reds fans will be surprised. Uh, I, I think Dick Williams did a better job than most people think. I think because he was in the family, he got some – criticism because anytime you're a family member that's uh working working uh in a company no matter what it is uh you're gonna have to do twice the work that someone else would and twice the success before especially in something that's so high profile like sports uh to, to get the same respect that someone else would so so anyway I agree. but dusty anyway he took over for the reds in the uh 2000 and uh seventh or 2008 season um baker finished uh 74 and 88 in his first season with the reds 78 and 84 in 2009 uh fifth and fourth respectively uh 2010 though definitely one of the most fun red seasons of all time joey Votto uh broke out got the mvp award and of course the reds won the central division title uh, for the first time since 1995. One and, of my favorite teams right there, the 2010 team. And you can hear that show in the archives. Uh, or did we do the 2010 Reds? Yes, we did. I thought we did. So you can hear that show in the archives. I know we did the 2012 postseason recently, which you can also hear in the archives. Uh, but, of course, uh, got swept in the uh, postseason that year, returned in 2012 to the postseason, got swept as well, and then 2013 ended the season on a losing streak that uh, fell into the uh, wild card game, and then Dusty Baker fired uh, by the Reds, unfortunately. But uh, let, let's see where he kind of stacks up. So a lot of people, I, th- I think now that time's moved on, I think that you see this a lot, whether it's politics or uh, jobs you leave, uh, that you were like, oh, I hate working there. And then, you know, 10 years go by and you're like, you know what? Uh, that it, it ended poorly, but uh, I, I had a lot of good memories there, good times there. I, I think you see that a lot in life where 
Uh, you may not like something at the time or you may, it may end poorly, but as time goes on, it, it may not heal all wounds, but it, it, it does uh, let you look at things from a different perspective and see things in, uh, in different contexts. So with Dusty Baker, third most wins of the, of any manager for the Reds of all time. 509, 509 wins, 463 losses, a 524 winning percentage, um, which puts him, uh, let me find him. Let's say 524 actually puts him 23rd on the list. But I mean, there's some managers in there that were only with the reds a few years. Um, and, and, you know, back in the day, there was not as many games. So that's why he may have more wins than some of those managers. Uh, as far as total wins, uh, is behind Bill McKinchy, uh, who's in the baseball hall of fame. And of course, Sparky Anderson, who's also in the hall of fame. Both of those guys were reds managers for nine years, uh, 863 wins for Sparky. We'll have to do an entire show on him at some point, uh, as we talk about this, but, uh, with the reds, dusty manager, Manny, dusty Baker, <laughs> not dusty manager. <laughs> He bakes some managing. Okay. Testy uh, <laughs> Baker uh, managed the Reds for 972 games um, and had five ejections for the Reds. Which, That's when you can argue. Yeah. So he went an entire season. He went at least through one season with no ejections. And this is before instant replay. So D- Dusty had kind of a level he- head on him. Well, like some managers today don't. Yeah, well, uh, Sparky Anderson in his nine years had 30 ejections, which is the most by a Reds manager. Uh, Brian Price, number seven with 11. And uh, tied, actually tied for seventh with David Bell has 11 ejections in two years. The thing, if we go back to Sparky for a minute, Sparky's one of the smartest managers ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. I mean, the guy knew his, he knew his game. He knew how to play his guys. He knew where to, knew where to play and knew what positions that they needed to, it needed to shift or whatever. He knew all this stuff and he knew it. And it, it was like just a human, you know, a, a, what do you call it? A, uh, I don't even know anymore, but uh, yeah, he, he, it, Sparky was, was fun. It was fun to watch. If you go back and you watch some old footage, you watch him in the world yeah. series and he's talking to his team players. Oh, absolutely. He, he's telling them, you know, play him here, play, you know, back up a little bit, you know, because Sparky had that he had that niche of, uh, of how to figure out a hitter, right. and said same with Dusty Baker. Dusty did the same thing with the small ball. Oh, absolutely, but yeah, but on the ejections, I, I do kind of find it funny that uh, David Bell was here for two seasons. One of them only had sixty games, and he's already tied for seventh in most ejections by a Reds manager. He likes to argue in, in an era where you're not supposed to argue because you have instant replay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going to stop guys from arguing. No, not at all. I will say I've been to some minor league games since they put in instant replay. And while instant replay gets it right and everything, the uh, argument uh, that you see in minor league games is so much uh, entertainment for the fans that are watching uh, watching in the, in the stands and, and at home as well if they show it. So, um, yeah, if you've never seen a minor league manager go crazy, it's fun to watch. It is absolutely fun. But and uh, Dusty, when he did argue, if you got him to that point, I think I think I'm a little bit like that. But you you get him so boiled over, uh, he's gonna let you have it. And and he was fun to watch like that. The the few times he did argue enough to get thrown out, it was only five times, which I I, I find uh, surprisingly low. 
The, the, the guy that was more fun to watch was Lupinella. He'd throw bases, he'd throw whatever oh, he could Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with the Rays. I think he calmed down a little bit uh, when he managed the Rays and the Mariners and uh, and the Cubs. But, uh, but yeah, he, he was fun to watch as well. Pete Rose, another guy that was fun to watch with uh, ejections. He got ejected nine times as a manager, so... Uh, that can, that's a kind of a fun show or fun, fun topic as well. But, uh, Dusty Baker, um, six years, 509 wins, 463 losses. I, I definitely think he should be, uh, in the Reds hall of fame as a manager. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It seems like it takes managers a lot more to get into the Reds hall of fame if they haven't won a world series. Uh, Dave Bristol got in, uh, last year. So I think it's possible or 2019 or 18 or whenever that, uh, ceremony was, I think it was 2018. Uh, he got into the Reds hall of fame. I think it's time, uh, that, that dusty once he, once he's completely finished managing, you thought he was until he came back for the Astros. He's 71 years old. Uh, but then again, Tony LaRusse is back as well. Uh, so uh, who knows what that'll bring? It'll be fun watching those two uh, meet up again. I, I think Dusty should be in both Hall of Fames. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, uh, his managerial—I I think the one thing that's going to hold him back from a lot of the writers that vote for the uh, managerial awards is that um, is that he doesn't have that World Series win. But I mean, uh, his, I, would, I mean, that, I mean, I don't know how the writers vote, but I mean, yeah, that could be a big thing. But, I mean, he managed the game 23 years, has 1,892 wins, a 532 winning percentage, uh, multiple um, multiple um, winning seasons, multiple playoff uh, um, appearances, and uh, but only one pennant. So, I mean, I guess there is a little bit to that as well. But I, I think the longevity of Dusty Baker, uh, the way that he gets his team's to the postseason, uh, regardless of what happens, I, I think is an is an overlooked uh, metric by uh, too many players, too many fans. I, I know the fans want to win a World Series every year. I want to win a World Series every year, but I, I think I think you got to be a little bit more realistic with your expectations as far as uh, judging managers. And uh, I, I think Dusty got a little bit of a raw deal, but uh, I mean he didn't. He was very loyal to a fault to his uh, to his staff and. Uh, since he didn't want to get rid of the hitting coach, uh, is the rumor uh, that uh, so the Reds decided to let him go. Well, you know, Dusty, he, he, they, they got to realize, you know, it's it's hard to win games as a manager. You got to have the players that are going to be behind you 100% and they're going to believe in what you're telling them to do and giving them the advice that they need to win ball games. And it's very hard to do. And if it, and there's, there's the hitting coaches that are all, fault if your guys are not hitting Brooke Jacoby comes to mind when they weren't hitting he you know they got fired lately lastly this last past season that inning coach sucked (laughs) yeah I I think COVID may have saved COVID and the fact they made the postseason I think saved the entire managerial staff but uh if the if the Reds don't turn it around next year I mean we talk about Joey Votto a lot and and how he's degraded Partially because of age, but it also seems that it coincided with uh, David Bell's uh, managerial methods and the hitting coaches the last two years. But uh, you know, other guys well way underperformed this year too for hitting. Uh, 
whether it yeah. be Mike Moustakis or uh, Shogo, I don't think ever got a chance to see what we could do because he you, you can't hit if you don't play. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't fall on the hitting coach, but, uh, I mean, he was expected to hit a lot more. Uh, you have uh, Castellanos, who started off hot, then all of a sudden went cold and never really gained it back. Tucker Barnhart uh, struggled as well, even though just deciding to stick with the left side. So, uh, the, 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 some of that, I mean, when one guy struggles, you can kind of write it off when the entire team struggles. I mean, the entire league struggled hitting this year. Um, so maybe you give him another chance next year, but, uh, if David Bell's not on the hot seat next year, the hitting coach absolutely has to be. Well, we got to see what kind of fuse that's given from, from, uh, from Nick crawl. What kind of well, how much of a leash he's going to give David Bell in the season? And right. If you're playing 162 games, he's going to have to give him some kind of leash. Yeah. So, but with going back to Dusty Baker though with the Reds, I, I think you got to say top five manager for the team of all time. I think uh, Sparky's always going to be number one. Uh, Lou Pinella's going to be in there because he he got you, he got you the gold. He was only here for a short time, but uh, he he took the Reds to the uh, not only to the postseason but to uh, the World Series. Um, Dave Bristol, I think, is uh, up there. I would put Dusty just a little bit above uh, Dave Bristol. Of course, you know, you got uh, Fred Hutchison, a lot of great managers in, in Red's history. Um, uh, Bill McKinchy, of course. Uh, I probably butchered his name here nine yep. years. <laughs> uh, McKechnie. Bill McKechnie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That one. <laughs> uh, and, and Pete Rose. So I, I would put Dusty probably. I mean, in wins, he's third. I, I probably would move him down to five, just because he doesn't have the World Series. But uh, I mean, a lot of great Reds managers: Pat Moran, uh, Buck Ewing, uh, Rogers Hornsby, Rogers Hornsby, um, Christy Matheson was a Reds manager. I, didn't do great as a manager here, but uh, he is a Hall of Famer uh, as a player. He was, a, he was actually a player manager, right? Bid McPhee. He pitched one. He pitched his last. He pitched his last game as a Red. Bid, Bid McPhee uh, managed the team. Yep. Uh, he was awful as a manager, but yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's a Hall of Famer, though. So it might be fun to do a, a, a managerial uh, uh, show sometime as well. But uh, Dusty definitely top five manager for the Reds. And uh, I, I think he definitely should be in the Reds Hall of Fame someday, as well as Cooperstown. Uh, don't know if either of those things will happen, but uh, we'll see. Maybe, you know, um, as some of the players from the 2010 teams uh, start to retire and uh, become eligible for the uh, Reds Hall of Fame. I mean, Brandon Phillips, I, th- I think he'd go out and play Sandlot ball, so he may never officially retire, but uh you know, they, they become eligible. They're going to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. Uh, Joey Votto, when he eventually retires, you've already seen Adam Dunn in the Reds Hall of Fame, Ken Griffey Jr. in the Reds Hall of Fame. So I, I think it's time, uh, especially when some of the 2010 team guys uh, become eligible for the Reds Hall of Fame after their careers are over. I, I think uh, hopefully Dusty's still with us then and uh, can be uh, part of uh, getting his recognition because when he went out, uh, there were some really stupid Reds. I don't even call them Reds fans. Stupid people in the area that sent Dusty some hateful, racist uh, messages. That's not cool. Uh, Dusty was a great guy, great great for the community, uh, did a lot of things, was always pleasant to uh, 
to meet at Reds Fest or other Reds activities. So uh, I don't under, there's no excuse for it, even if he was the biggest jerk in the world, which he wasn't. There's no excuse for that kind of behavior. And, um, and so I, I hated that he left on that note uh, as a Red. Um, but uh, and I, I know Darren loved it here. I think that's, I remember Dusty saying when he got fired, that was one of the things that uh, kind of hurt the most was uh, how, how his son had, you know, grown up in the clubhouse and was going to have to leave. Yeah, and I don't think Dusty, I mean, they made it to that wild card game. And it was only, at that time, there was only one wild card game, which isn't really fair. And eventually they expanded that and became a little bit better. But I don't think, I think if Dusty would have had at least more than one game, he's probably still been around for another season at least. And and, and getting and getting hate mail and racist stuff, I mean, that's that's unnecessary. Right. That is not called for, especially in Cincinnati. Uh, Absolutely. So uh, anyway, I think that kind of wraps up our show today. Where do you put Dusty Baker? I'm sorry. I gave uh, mine putting him in top five. Do you think he's a top five Reds manager? Uh, I would put him top four, maybe number four for me. Uh, I think he just, uh, he had a great run here. I mean, you can't deny it. If you, if you're making it the postseason, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't win a world series, but he made it to the postseason. He had some great teams, and uh, you can't you can't deny that. And 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 he's just uh, the guy. <laughs> the guy made he made he made us love baseball again as well. Oh, absolutely! And and he gave us the fir- the uh, the first really two Reds hashtags, uh, yeah. jokingly. But the Dusty lineup and <laughs> Fire Dusty, which I still use uh, today when a manager or somebody is uh, not performing up to snuff. I'll just put sarcastically fire Dusty, but uh, <laughs> Dusty is uh, was uh, one of the best. I, I kind of wish he would have gotten another chance. I think 2014 might have been a little bit better if they would have given him uh, one more year, but I don't know how Dusty would have done with the young players with the rebuild. I think he would have done better than uh, Brian Price, but uh Kind of is what it is. It's something we'll never really know. But uh, Dusty Baker, uh, definitely one of the best. Uh, win- a winning manager, which is something uh, the Reds need. And if it doesn't work out with David Bell, I kind of hope they go take a page out of the uh, White Sox, try to find the next Dusty Baker. Yeah, I mean, even if, if Joe Girardi don't make it in Philadelphia, who knows? Absolutely. Joe Girardi would be great. So uh, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with another Hot Stove League edition or Hot Stove edition of the show. And also, if you if you have any any comments you want to leave us and maybe some suggestions for a future show, you can leave them in the comments for us. Absolutely. Reds Fans Chatter uh, Facebook group uh, at, Red, at uh, Scott Evans on air on Twitter and uh or just go to uh, redsfeds redsfanschatter.com uh, be sure to subscribe send us a link uh, or send us a, a screenshot of your subscription with the keyword this week dusty uh, to be entered into the contest for the Marty Brenneman talking microphone until next time yeah. go reds go reds